All right, we are live. Another episode of Monero Talk. Um, I, today I got JW Weatherman on the show. Um, I've actually been trying to get you for some time. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I was kind of uh, following you on Twitter, uh, occasionally responding to uh, what I thought were some tweets that I disagreed with, especially uh, regarding all things Monero. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just saying that's impossible. There's no way we we disagree on anything. <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad you were willing to come on. Um, I, I first caught wind of you about, I think, I guess it was about a year ago. It was at like, or a little less than a year ago. Um, I had seen you on, I, guess, I think it was Block Digest you had started broadcasting on. Yeah, yeah. I was a, a pretty regular guest with those guys for a while. Yeah, because I used to watch that show, and you came, you kind, you kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, "Who's this guy?" And uh, you came on the scene. Um, you're always uh, very confident, and you have a lot of strong opinions. Uh, certainly, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just trying to kind of get a background, maybe a little bit on who you are and where you're coming from, uh, just so I could better understand. Uh, the validity of of your of your take on things, um, yeah. because I'm just like, who is this guy? Because you ha you have a you instantly had a pretty large following, um, and then even recently I saw you interviewing uh, the likes of Timothy May or Timothy May himself, right? You had him on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was yeah. very impressed that you were able to pull him out. So I, I'm just trying to get a better understanding. Number one, trying to get a better understanding of who you are. And then, yeah, obviously, we'd like to talk about uh, Monero itself, because I know you have some strong opinions um, on Monero, and uh, obviously talk about Bitcoin, and pretty much get into what I think is the largest uh, issue, which is fungibility, and whether or not you think that matters, or whether or not you think Bitcoin is doing that and doesn't need Monero, um, especially with the new news that came out um, with the blacklisting. Uh, that that we're seeing happening. So I guess if we could just get into your background, if you want to, as much as yeah. you're willing to give, I don't know. You, you come. Are you anonymous? Is are you always am, anonymous, yeah, yeah. or do you ever reveal your identity? No. Uh, so so far, I've been able to, uh, you know, in the last year that I've been involved with Bitcoin, work under uh, a pseudonym. Um, and the you know the advantage for that is uh, actually I did it. I did a couple episodes on my channel on why I do that, but. Basically, mostly just to avoid hassles um, and kind of have a little bit more security. I don't have a ton of Bitcoin, but you never know if people are going to say, oh, this guy is an expert in software security and he's interested in Bitcoin. You know, uh, it's, it's it, it can be kind of dicey when you have completely irreversible transactions. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the traditional financial space that makes attacks on individuals and ransom, uh, that sort of stuff not make sense. And uh, that's not the case with Bitcoin. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's basically, it's cheap security, right? Yeah. That, that's one of the first things that makes me go, Hmm, is this guy a, a contradiction? Because I mean, you're, you're obviously, you're a proponent of privacy and you see uh, value in having it, especially when it comes to crypto, but with Monero, oh, yeah, you kind of. So, I mean, my, yeah, the goal is the goals are all the same, right? The goal uh, for anybody that's a cypherpunk that's interested in, um, in you know, creating a, 
uh, digital money um, is to have uh, good money, right? Like the mission of Bitcoin is to create a, um, a secure money is the way that I describe it in the Bitcoin threat model. So, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that, right? I think it's the best opportunity that humanity has to, uh, to basically end, uh, to end slavery, um, which is systematic forced uh, stealing of people's wealth. Um, so I, I think that fungibility is important, right? I think anonymous money is important. I think, you know, cash or however you want to describe it is really important. Uh, my issues with Monero are basically that, that it's just not a not an effective way to do that, right? Um, so uh, so I did I did interview Fluffy Pony. I don't know if, if you saw that. Uh, that was one of the first interviews I did. And so you could see me actually real time realize that I hate Monero. Right. Like I, I didn't go into that thinking that it was uh, that it was a scam, um, but I definitely walked out of there thinking it was a scam. Um, well, yeah, I don't I don't understand that. So what I I, I, I definitely tuned into that interview. Uh, I haven't watched it since. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I mean, the basic the, the basic issue that I have with um, with what Fluffy Pony is doing and Monero in general is. They're, they're doing what a lot of the scam coins do. Like this is the pattern of all of what I consider scam coins. They take work that has been done by the Bitcoin folks, right? The people that are working on an open source legitimate project like confidential transactions or um, you know, smart contracts. Uh, and they say, all right, well, it's not ready yet, but we can take it and we can present it as if it's ready. And there's enough people that are not technical that will go. Oh, this is so great, right? So let's let's talk about. But it I mean, Monero, right? I think is 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 certainly unique in that it's its own. You know, it's the crypto note protocol. It's it's using its own protocol. I mean, it's it's definitely not one of the. I could I could see that being said for a lot of these copycat coins, like you know, a Litecoin or the million other ones that are that are basically uh, you know basically just a re new version of Bitcoin. Uh, but Monero, you know, was, is is purely open source. Has its own uh, story of starting from an anonymous creator based on an, an anonymous uh, white paper that was kind of dropped into the forums no, in no, a I very mean, cypherpunk fashion. You're thinking uh, of when Monero doesn't have that history. Monero, if you listen to my interview with Fluffy Pony, that I mean, it's not. It doesn't really matter what the history is, but it. I think it helps people with a little bit of color. Um, Fluffy Pony admits I can't remember the name of the coin before they renamed Bit, it to Monero. Bit Monero. There was Bit Monero. It's something before that too, and it, it wasn't. It didn't have the Monero name, but um, but you know, Fluffy Pony admits that it was created as a scam, right? Like the original version of Monero was a scam, and then he got involved, and some other people. No, I don't think he ever said it was a. It was created by somebody. You know, took the crypto note white paper, and they and they and they made. The, whatever the the predecessor to Monero, uh, and then Monero they forked off right and and ran with Monero right. Well, you know, so, I mean, it's been a year since I talked to Fluffy Pony, and I actually took the interview off because I didn't want to give any more attention to it, um, and I kind of feel like it's it's where Bcash is right. Like I I if I had an opportunity to debate Roger Ver right now, I wouldn't take it right because I don't want to I don't want to give any more I don't want to reduce the sucker acquisition cost for these scam coins right so there, there's a point I in see here you're saying things you this is what I, I find like you say things and conclude you speak in conclusions so yeah, well, how are you all how are you this all-knowing per I would just maybe you are maybe there's something I'm not I'm not understanding here do you have some deep deep cypherpunk 
background that we don't know about where you kind of know a little bit more than everybody else? I mean, because that's yeah, that's like the inkling I mean, I've been that doing I this stuff get for 20 years, right? So like what, I've been working in software security for over two decades. So were you were you a part of the early days of Bitcoin? Were you one of the early no. developers nope. or nope, nope. But all a lot so so my background is in software security. I've also been an academic and I've worked, uh, I've done a lot with, let's say, economics in general. Um, so I did not get involved with Bitcoin until about a year ago. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I find mean, so... But that doesn't mean that I don't have 20 years of experience working with uh, a lot of the technology, right? Right, so, but you, you admit it takes a long time to understand this stuff, right? Like whether... It takes a very long time if you haven't been working with encryption and all of the other issues related to Bitcoin... Like, so there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, you're not a, you're not an OG, right? You've only been here 12 months. That's cool. But I was working with public key cryptography 20 years ago. What were you doing 20 years ago? I was working with digital signatures and building solutions on these foundational pieces 15, 20 years ago. So when I finally got involved in Bitcoin, um, I mean, the first thing that I did and the way that I got involved, like my history is pretty transparent. The way that I got involved with Bitcoin was I wrote the most comprehensive and complete security analysis of Bitcoin from a design level that's ever been done, right? I did that within like six weeks of getting interested in Bitcoin. I've updated that document two or three times with just minor threats, and it still stands as one of the most complete or as the most complete security analysis of any cryptocurrency out there. So, I mean, I, I took a I take a look at that. I don't think that you know it's it's a lot of you know obvious things that are on there, and I you know it's you know it's a nice long list. But I mean, how about the fact that Bitcoin completely lacks fungibility and privacy? I mean, isn't that a major attack vector? Well, that I mean, you're changing the subject on me a little bit, man. Like, no, that's you, that's how is that a change of subject? Well, because we were just talking about my background and why I'm so confident, right? Okay, I'm, I'm asking questions as we go along, but sure, go ahead. That, you can the continue. I'm so confident is that within a few weeks of being able to show up, I was able to create this document, right? All I'm saying is that uh, it makes sense that somebody that's been working in this field in general for a long time would have very strong opinions, even stronger opinions than somebody that's you know been working in cryptocurrency since 2011 or whatever, um, because I was working on problems like this with the same foundational technologies a lot longer. Um, so hopefully that helps you understand why I feel like I can say stuff with authority. Now, it doesn't mean you need to believe me, but I'm not going to pretend to be wishy-washy about it. If I think that something is the way that it is, I have enough experience and I have enough expertise to be confident. So do you, do you, think, do you think Bitcoin is an experiment? Do you think it ever was an experiment? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's an experiment. In or the from day one, when when the white paper was issued, it was known that this was going to work. And uh, oh, well, I mean, look, it's an open source project. To it's it's part of a a long history. Oh, did we lose you? Hello. I think we lost him. Hopefully, he'll come back. Hold on a second. <laughs> 